0: In the name of Jesus, the Lamb of God, amen. You may be seated. While it is always a great joy uh, to pick up a little child or to hold a baby in my arms at the waters of baptism, uh, I also counted a very special joy in the course of life and ministry over the years to also baptize people like our fellow church member, Jim Abeles, who uh, was actually uh, baptized eight years ago, this past Wednesday to the day, at uh, what I might say was, and I'll say this politely, well into adulthood. And uh, while I remember that blessed time and just rejoice in the uh, shared Christian life that we've had with Jim uh, ever since that day, I also remember how uh, on that day of his baptism, just shortly before the service, I went up to him and I asked him if he had any questions about how his baptism was gonna go. And uh, Jim, if you know him, looked at me with a perfectly straight face, and he said, are you gonna pick me up when I get there? (laughs) Uh, I've spent years trying to get that picture out of my mind. Uh, But today, along with the Christian church around the world, and uh, every year after the celebration of Epiphany and the 12 days of Christmas, the church celebrates the baptism of Jesus, uh, which among other things is about the beginning or the inauguration of his uh, public ministry. And it is uh, what we jokingly refer to as uh, the week that Jesus grows up fast because after all for the last three weeks or so we have been emphasizing a baby in a manger and uh, a child visited by the gentile magi and uh, the infant who was taken to the temple in jerusalem for presentation and then finally the uh, flight into egypt and then Ultimately, the return to the Galilean village of Nazareth, about 75 miles north of Bethlehem, where he did grow up. And now all of those stories are behind us, as evidenced by the stark-looking, de-decorated church before you. And a passage of scripture in which Jesus, now well into adulthood, at approximately the age of 30, according to the gospel of Luke, appears at the shores of the Jordan River to be baptized by John. At the risk of sounding a little bit more like a teacher than a preacher uh, today, uh, let me just say to you that while the baptism of Jesus is found in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three of them, Matthew is really the only one who helps us to understand why on earth the Son of God and the promised Messiah would be baptized in the first place, given the fact that baptism was and is for the washing away of sins and the placing of women and men and girls and boys into an eternal relationship with God, neither of which, the last time I checked, applied to Jesus. In fact, uh, I read a little note uh, that there were early Christians who weren't even happy about the fact that the baptism of Jesus made it into any of the Gospels because to them it made him look too human, as if he wanted to be one of us if you can imagine that. But Matthew unlocks the key, and he does it by adding in the detail of John's own opposition to the baptism of Jesus when he says, and as you heard, wait a minute, I need to be baptized by you. And after which he ultimately consents when Jesus says to him that he wants to do this in order to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, this is how he is going to create a right relationship with God. And what that means, as I mentioned uh, in an Advent sermon uh, just a month or so ago, is that the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River means not only that Jesus has come into this world in order to be close to us, it means that Jesus has come into this world to stand in our place. In other words, to put himself into the position of a sinner, literally as he does in the waters of the Jordan River. But as our faith walkers here at St. Andrew know all too well, I am very uh, quick to add that's only really half of the story. And that's because if Jesus is really going to stand in our place, if he's really going to put himself in our position in the waters of the Jordan River, then he was going to have to stand in the position of a sinner in one other location. And that, of course, is the cross, where he dies for the forgiveness, for the freedom of those who put their trust in him, who put their hope in his sacrificial offering instead of their impossible obedience to hundreds of religious laws. And that is why, in the history of the Christian faith, the baptism of Jesus is always connected to the cross of Jesus. It's why we make the sign of the cross in remembrance of baptism. It is why St. Paul said in his letter to the Romans that when we were baptized in Christ Jesus, we were baptized into his death. And if in our baptism we are united with him in a death like his, because his baptism meant that he was on his way to the cross for us, then we'll certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And those who are baptized in Christ then know that the final words for us are forgiveness and freedom and life. And that makes baptism, which doesn't always look like very much, a very, very big deal. Because what the baptism of Jesus and our baptism into Christ means is that there's a cross in the water. I don't know if you know this, if any of you have ever heard about it, But there's a tradition in the uh, Greek Orthodox Church that takes place every year at the beginning of Epiphany when the baptism of Jesus is celebrated. And this tradition is kind of a little athletic contest uh, with a spiritual foundation or message attached to it. And what happens is that young Greek Orthodox Christians between the ages of 16 and 18 will gather around a body of water, maybe like a river or a lake or even a very large pool. And there will be some ceremony connected with that. And when the prayers are said, the Orthodox priest will throw a cross out into the water. And after which, all of those young contestants will dive in and they'll swim around. And they'll search for the cross in the water until one of them retrieves it. And that one receives a special blessing to conclude the ceremony. This this tradition has been variously referred to in different parts of the world as cross diving or cross casting or uh, the uh, recovery of the cross. In fact, uh, there's a uh, Orthodox Church in Tarpon Springs, Florida that has done this every single year since 1920. Uh, And uh, it has attracted thousands and on some occasions tens of thousands of people who come out uh, to witness this every year. As a matter of fact, Jim Abelies, who I just mentioned, goes on his phone and identifies the winner of this year's uh, contest. And I forget the kid's name, but he's 17 years old. Although in other parts of the world where the climate isn't quite as favorable, uh, this whole custom represents something like a polar bear plunge with a a, a spiritual twist uh, connected to it. And so uh, what I want to say to you today is that if if Pastor Nick next year wants to jump into our stormwater management pond here at St. Andrew, I volunteer to be the guy who throws the cross at him. On the other hand, there was one young Greek Orthodox man who at the age of 17 when he was a high school junior did this and what he says is that this tradition really isn't fun and games at least not totally what he says is we go diving for a purpose we're celebrating the baptism of Jesus we're teaching young people to know what they should be diving for in life, And so with that kidding aside, I want to talk just a little bit about what the baptism of Jesus, what your baptism in Christ, what a cross in a, the water really means for you and me, and just exactly what you and your life can do with everything I'm saying here and everything that Matthew explains to us. For example, when you come here for worship, and you hear the words in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit when the sign of the cross is made, what you can do is look around and you can say to yourself, these people around me who I may not even know very well, You know, who may not be my age, you know, my, my, my race, my gender, my political persuasion, my this, my that. These people around me are my sisters and my brothers in Christ. And I am part of a great big worldwide family of God. And see if that doesn't make some sort of a difference in the way you live and see your life. But even before you get here, Martin Luther, And his catechism said that you should wake up every morning. You should make the sign of the cross. You should remember your baptism because that is first and foremost your primary identity in this world as a child of God. And that is a very, very big deal. Because as the late Roman Catholic uh, writer Henry Nouwen put it, we live in a world that gives us our identity on the basis of what we do, what we have, and what other people say about us. And friends, that works until it doesn't. And when it doesn't, that's when a lot of people hit the wall. But what would it be like if you got up every day and you said, I'm a child of God, he's taken my place, I've got forgiveness, I've got grace, I've got hope, I've got life in him, and that is how I'm going out this door. That's how I'm going to live this day, that's how I'm going to react to the things that come at me, enjoy sorrow, come what may, and I am done with having this world identify me by what I do, what I have, and what other people say about me. And so you have these two things going on. First, baptism tells you that you're a child of God. That Christ has come not just to be next to you, but to stand in your place, to take your position in the water and then on the cross. And then number two, baptism tells you that you are part of a forever family that lives here on earth and that will live someday in heaven. Now, I'm not telling you that you know, baptism is some sort of a magic trick you know, through which you know, presto comes out a full-blown Christian. You know, uh, we have been called to fan the flame. This is a seed that needs to be watered and nourished throughout our Christian life. And, uh, and I will tell you, it is true that even the young Greek Orthodox Christians who did not find the cross in the water, they're still good with God even if they lost the contest. I will tell you that sometimes, you know, I have mixed feelings uh, whenever the field goal kicker uh, steps up and he makes the sign of the cross before he sends the football through the uprights. Because on one hand, I like anybody who gives Jesus a little air time on national television. In fact, you know, when our kids were little, we had, and in fact, we still have a little water font hanging in our foyer and uh, every once in a while, Uh, When they were going out the door, I would stick my fingers in the water and I would sign the cross on their foreheads as they jumped off the porch and ran uh, toward the bus. Because I wanted them to know they were uh, children of God, but I also wanted them to know that children of God sometimes miss the goal. And that even baptized children of God sometimes don't get it right because we're not perfect because we're not always the best little girls and boys in the world and so what i want to say to you is that your baptism doesn't mean that everything is going to go right for you in this messed up world your baptism into the death and resurrection of jesus christ means that you are part of something and somebody that's bigger than all of this that nothing in this world can give you that nothing in this world can ever take away from you And if that's true, and you know it, and you believe it, and you trust it, then you're going to see your life differently. You're going to live it differently. And that brings me to number three. Namely, that if it's true that Jesus takes our place in the water, if it's true that Jesus takes our place on the cross, then what that means is that for those who are baptized in Christ, we put our trust and our hope in that grace, then the best is yet to come. And I was thinking about that just the other day uh, because uh, when I ever, whenever I come in here to preside at a funeral, the prayer I pray back in the office uh, before I leave comes in part from an old book that I have and it, it basically goes something like this. As I set out on this ministry, help me to comprehend the enormity of death and to comprehend the greater enormity of your victory in christ and use me to proclaim that victory to those who assemble in this your house in jesus name amen and with that the service begins with guess what the remembrance of baptism in the words of St. Paul to the Romans, and it ends with, guess what? The sign of the cross over the saints who are united with him in a resurrection like his. You know, there's a story about a, a first grader whose baby sister was baptized uh, in church one Sunday morning and next day he goes back to school and the teacher asks him, you know, how was your weekend? And he said, good. He said, my sister got brainwashed Hey, if you've been brainwashed, if you've been heartwashed, if you've been soul washed because somebody picked you up, brought you to the waters, or whether, like our friend Jim, you were well into adulthood, I hope that the baptism of Jesus and what it means will get you thinking about your baptism in Christ and what it means for you today and what it can mean for you in all of your tomorrows. And next week, I'm going to talk a little bit more about what we do with all of this. But for now, let me just say to you that if you're looking for your true identity in this world, if you are guilty, if you are grieving, if you know that there have been times when you missed the goal, because you haven't been the best little girl or boy in this world. If it's dawning on you today that even the person who finishes the rat race is still a rat. If you're wondering what it really is that you're even diving for in life, then friends, do I have good news for you. There's a cross in the water and because that, that cross is in that water, because of the one who came to take our place in the water and at the cross, you get forgiveness. And you get freedom. And you get hope. And you get peace. And you get life. Here in time. And someday, for all eternity. And I invite you to go with that. For the glory of God and for the journey of your life in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I invite you to rise as we join together in prayer.